Corey. That was wonderful. That gives me... It is a little cool in here, but I think those holy goosebumps were uh, from thinking about seeing the Lamb. What a, what a blessing. I want to share a message. We finally got to the end of Ephesians, guys. This is the last passage out of Ephesians, very end. And I want to talk about finishing well. You know, it's important to start well, but we're called to finish well. i never forget, uh, my track career was very short-lived in high school. But I remember I took off, hadn't run a race before. It was a mile race, and I lapped everybody the first two laps. But unfortunately, I ran out of gas the last two. Uh, learned the importance of pacing oneself. So we're, we're going to look this morning... Um, These last verses in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 through the end of the chapter, verse 24. So encourage you to find that text in the book of Ephesians. And when you find it, I'll ask if you'll stand in the honor of our God as I read aloud. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychius, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers. And love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Let's pray. Master, it is a joy to be with your people this morning. It's a joy, Father, to part the waters we call baptism. And uh, see these girls share publicly they belong to you. Thank you, Father, that we're able to sing to you, that we're able to pray in your presence and to give to you. Uh, Father, there's a recurring theme in this. It's you. And may our worship continue to be to you in what remains, Lord. We want to remember you. We want to love you. We want to finish well, Lord. We want to be yours clearly with our lives. I just pray, Father, that you take... uh, my words and anoint what I'm saying, that it'll be far more than I could say, that the Holy Spirit would speak. And Father, we need you, Lord, so help us. In your name we pray, amen. I got to thinking about those who finished well, and of course I thought in Ephesians 5 it talks about a guy named Enoch. It says he had uh, gave birth uh, to a guy named Methuselah, his son, who's the oldest guy that lived He's like 969 years. But it says in there that he walked with God 300 years and he was no more. You know, I got to thinking about that. I thought, what would it have been like to have a dad like Enoch? I mean, what would it be like to have a dad who walked so tight, so close with God that you were afraid to do anything wrong? I mean, what would it be like to think, he knows what I do before I even do it. He's got connections. He... He knows somebody in higher places real well. 
What must it have been like? But on the other hand, what must it have been like to, to know that you had a dad who had a genuine, alive, authentic walk with a living God? Matter of fact, I love it because it said 300 years he just walked with God and he was no more. He got up one morning and went on his usual walk with God and God said, you're closer to my house than yours, why don't you just stay? And he stayed. Man, what a way to finish. To have that walk with God until you're forever in His presence. And then there's Moses. Remember Moses, what a roller coaster ride. Babies uh, being drowned in the river, baby boys. He ends up a prince in a palace in Egypt. Then he ends up running away in the desert, working as a shepherd. Then at 80 years old, there's this bush that catches fire but doesn't burn up. And he hears that it's God speaking to him. He says, Moses, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And so God uses Moses in a powerful way. And, and, and then he has to listen to all these grumbling Hebrews, two million of them. But God gets him to the edge of the promised land. But he doesn't enter the promised land. But I want to read to you. This describes him Deuteronomy 34 verse 7. At the end of Moses' life. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. Can you imagine? 120 years old, and he's got eagle vision, and he's still got the guns. God has still blessed him with health. What a way to finish. And and then I couldn't help but think of Caleb. Remember the story of Caleb? He, He was the two of the 12 spies. Ten of them said, there's no way we can conquer Those guys, they're like giants and we're little grasshoppers. But not Caleb. He was one of the two that said, me and God are a majority. Uh, Listen to this. This is Joshua 14, starting at verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, He's kept me alive for 45 years since the time He said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the darkness. Now this is Caleb talking. See, I'm here today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I'll drive them out just as he said. And this 85-year-old guy, and he says, bring on the battle. I'm ready to fight. Man, wear me out thinking about it. What a thought. What happens to us? Seems like we, as the years go by, we say, well, I'm ready to retire. And God says, maybe we need to refire. Wake us up, God. Help us understand that serving you is something that should never end until we're directly in your presence. Too often we get old, not according to the years we've lived, but according to the way that we think. Matter of fact, I heard about this group of ladies. When they were 15, they went to McDonald's, which was near the Sea Surf restaurant main reason they went there was between them all they had was six dollars and fifty cents the second reason was bobby bruce lived in there in that neighborhood and he was a really cute boy and so they went there spent their six fifty. Ten years later at 25 years old they went back this time to the sea surf restaurant they went because there were a lot of cute guys that ate there and so I had a good band there too. Ten years later, at 35 years old, they went there because the combos were cheap. It was near the gym and there weren't a lot of whiny kids that ate at that restaurant. It was nice and 
peaceful and quiet with a good atmosphere. Ten years later, at 45 years old, they went there because the waiters were cute and they had good service. Ten years later, at 55 years old, they went there because they had windows that opened in case a hot flash hit. (laughs) And fish also is very good for your cholesterol. Ten years later, at 65 years old, they went there to eat at the Surfside restaurant because it was good lighting there and because of an early bird special. Ten years later, at 75 years old, they went there to eat because it was handicap accessible and the food was fairly prized. Ten years later, at 85 years old, they decided to get together and go to the seaside restaurant because they'd never eaten there before. Thinking can grow tough. But as we look at the scripture this morning, I just want to bring out four points from Paul's closing about finishing well. Remember Paul. uh, Sometimes as we think about Paul, we think, man, he was the warrior for Jesus that never got depressed, that never had a setback, that was all, he only had one gear, it was charge. But we forget that he was a person who, like us, who had his ups and downs, who needed to be encouraged. And listen to his last words he shares in Second Timothy chapter 4. This is verses 6 through 8. What, and he shares this with, with a, a young preacher that he's grooming to take his place and to serve. He says, For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. Here's a guy that finished well. Now, let's look at these four truths of finishing well. How, how do we finish well? I know you guys want to finish well. No one wants to be a buzz at the end. You want to go to the finish line strong. We all do. So here's four directions, four truths from this text. The first direction is to stay strong in prayer. Look at verse 18. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I noticed the words in there mentioned several times. All. All occasions. All requests. Pray always. Don't see prayer as just something you do for a couple of minutes a day. See it as a way of life. See it as an ongoing conversation with a living God. God, help me be connected to you. Help me, Lord, to know what you want. God, I need you, Lord. Just that that continual dependence with the living God. That's what prayer needs to be. And in order to finish well, we've got to be rightly connected with the living God. Uh, There's no shortcuts for that. And it's so critical. And, and, And guys, regardless of the state of our health and our bodies, we can pray. And that should not be overlooked or diminished. That's what we need. I I love Oswald uh, Chambers' quote. He says, prayer does not prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. If we want to see God move among us, if we want to see God transform our lives, if we want to see God transform people around us, if we want to see those waters just shaking because people are being changed by Jesus, we need to be praying. 
We need to ask God to move us to be in relationship with Him, to hear His voice and to follow His lead and to be ready when He prompts us and, and touches us. That's so, so critical. And, uh, of course, we need to pray uh, for our own families. I think Oswald Chambers, I think he had another saying that says, uh, uh, a double strength is an unguarded weakness. Sometimes we're so busy praying for those terrible heathen out there that are doing those horrible, horrible sins that we forget that we better be praying for our loved ones and our own family because the enemy wants to destroy us because we matter to God. And he, want, he, he wants to make us miserable, guys. And we need the protection of Jesus Christ in our family and in our own lives. And we need to pray that way. I love the story of James Dobson. He's finally retired uh, now, but for years, you know, he uh, had the radio show, Focus on the Family. And a great story. His great-grandfather, every day from 11 o'clock to 12, he took an hour and he would stop his work and he prayed for his family. He not only prayed for his kids, but he prayed for their kids and the kids that would follow. And his prayer was really quite simple. God, I want my family to be filled with servants that love Jesus. I want my family to be filled with those who are willing to do your bidding, Lord. And so, all of his kids and all of his grandkids either became preachers or married preachers. I guess that's the way it's worked. Except for one guy, James Dobson. He didn't follow that traditional route. He went into psychology, became a psychologist. But yet he's, uh, you know, known over the world. And yet, James Dobson will quickly tell you, any influence I've been able to have... I trace back, not only giving the credit to Jesus, but to my great-grandfather who had a burden in a heart and, and, and cried out to God, God, do something in my family. And, and guys, if you want to finish well, you can't go wrong there. Cry out to God for your family. Cry out to God for your loved ones. Cry out to God for those you care about. God, stir us. Work in our lives, God. Show us yourself, Lord. Um, just what we need. Uh, let me move on here to the second one here. Be bold in courage. Look at, look at verses 19 and 20. He says, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. We just need to stop a minute and remember where Paul is when he wrote these words. He was sitting in a, a prison, chained to a guard. Now, I don't know who was really in prison, I think the guard was also trapped. Can you imagine being chained to the Apostle Paul? You're not getting away from hearing the gospel. But, but that's where he was. And, and you know, it's, it, I, I think it says a lot about Paul that what we don't hear is his struggle. Right? He, he doesn't say, guys, pray that God will get me out of prison. This is a terrible place to be. He doesn't say, uh, guys, pray for me because those shackles have rubbed my wrists sore and raw and my ankles have sores on them. Pray that God will deliver me and that He'll heal me. Pray that I won't be so lonely or broken. Pray, God, that I'll be, uh, I'll be set free. We don't read that. That's not where His absolute passion is. What is His passion? He says, I want to be bold. He says, pray for me that I'll fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And we think about Paul, we said, man, bold, are you kidding me? That guy's ready to charge hell with a squirt gun, it seems like, as I read in the New Testament. 
But he does share about his weakness. Listen, this is uh, turn me to Second Corinthians, chapter one, and I just want to look at the first five verses. First Corinthians chapter two, he he, he writes a. I'm sitting here in Second Corinthians. That's not going to work. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, he says, "When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence." or superior wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power guys he 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 becomes honest here he takes off the evangelist cloak he takes off the public persona and he says when i came i was afraid when i came i was trembling when i came i thought god what am i doing here he was struggling and and so this is not some kind of false pride saying i never struggle he was being honest he, he was just coming forward and he's saying, I need courage, I need to be bold, and we still need it today, don't we? Man. I know, you know, like the lady that's uh, talking about her, she asked her husband, she said, are you a man or a mouse? Squeak up! We need courage. And to finish well, uh, just a great thing to have. Um, I want to share with you a prayer that I found. I think it's a great prayer for as we age that God may mature us in the faith to be bold in Him. Listen to these words. Lord, you know better than I know myself that I'm growing older and will someday be old. Keep me from getting talkative, particularly from the fatal habit of thinking that I must say something on every subject and on every occasion. Release me from craving to straighten out everybody's affairs. Make me thoughtful, but not moody. Helpful, but not bossy. With my vast store of wisdom, it seems a pity to not use it all. But you know, Lord, that I want a few friends at the end. Keep my mind from the recital of endless details. Give me wings to come to that point. I ask for grace enough to listen to others' pain. Seal my lips on my own aches and pains. They're increasing. And my love of rehearsing them is becoming sweeter as the years go by. Help me to endure them with patience. I dare not ask for improved memory, but for a growing humility and a lessening cocksureness when my memory seems to clash with the memory of others. Teach me the glorious lesson that sometimes I may mistake. Keep me reasonably sweet. I do not want to be a saint. Some of them are so hard to be with. (laughs) But a sour old woman is one of the crowning works of the devil. Give me the ability to see good things in unexpected places and talents in unexpected people. And give me grace, Lord, to tell them so. Isn't that precious? Let me tell you, we think sometimes that younger people think, Oh, I don't want to be around this old coot. I don't believe that. I, I believe there's a hunger and a thirst to see people that genuinely love Jesus. Because people that genuinely love Jesus love you. And 
there's a famine in the land that, that's needed. And, and to finish well, it, it, that's so critical. God, do that in me, Lord. Give me courage so that I may become who I am in you, God. That's, that's so critical. All right, I've got to move on here. I know time keeps it going, doesn't it? Cultivate a closeness with faithful friends. Look at uh, verses 21 and 22. Tychius, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Paul had some friends. To finish well, it's important to not be alone. To make some friends. I read, all this stuff I read about Churchill, man, he could be really tough. It said that the playwright, Bernard Shaw, sent a letter to Churchill with two tickets. He said, I'm sending you two tickets to the opening performance of my play. One for you and one for a friend if you have one. And Churchill sent a letter back, a response back to Bernard Shaw. And he said, thank you for the invitation. I won't be able to make the opening performance, but I plan on coming to the second performance if there is one. Not not a good way to make friends. You know, I remember a cartoon years ago, I hadn't forgotten, guys, of it showed this guy, and he had a big sack, and he was stuffing people in the sack. And so a guy asked him, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm collecting my most prized possessions to go with me. Man, what is better than friends that love you? That, of course, is one of the great things about a church that's following Jesus. We can be together. We can love Jesus together. We can find encouragement. I was sharing in Sunday school, my favorite definition of encouragement is a shot of courage. Hey, guys, as we're friends together in Jesus, family together in Jesus, we get that shot of courage to face the stuff that comes. And, and friends are, it's critical. Um, as I studied this, I read somewhere, one preacher said he'd counted through here, and I confess I didn't, but through the New Testament, and Paul listed 45 people. 45 friends, 45 connections, 45 relationships. He, he was connected, and, and we, we need to be careful that we stay connected to people. All right, last one here. Let your love for Christ grow and abound. The last two verses. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. You know, I've already mentioned this, but I think it's worth saying again. Paul was facing some tough circumstances. I think it's worthwhile, though, that he doesn't rehearse those. He doesn't go into detail about those circumstances in this letter to the Ephesians. What's he do? He talks about Jesus. And as he closes, what a powerful statement. He says, guys, I want you to experience peace. And he says, guys, I want you to have love that's a, that's connected through a faith with God the Father and Jesus Christ. I want grace to pour out of you that the love of Jesus may spread and that it may be an undying passion for Christ. Man, what a way to end. 
where, where there's a real, just a passion for the Lord, a, a love for the Lord that can't be denied, that you, you can just see it. As I like to say, it leaks out. May Jesus just leak out of us because we're full with His Spirit. That's finishing well. Uh, before we enter into the Lord's Supper, we're going to in a moment. I want to read, want to read these words of Richard Baxter, a preacher from another generation. He says, As we paid nothing for God's eternal love and nothing for the Son of His love and nothing for His Spirit and our grace and faith and nothing for our eternal rest, what an astonishing thought it will be to think of the immeasurable difference between our deservings and our receivings. Oh, how free was all this love. And how free is this enjoyed glory. So then let deserved be written on the floor of hell, but on the door of heaven and life, the free gift. Isn't that good? The free gift. Hey guys, if that's what moves us, if that's our motto as we march on ahead, instead of getting stuck on ourselves, if we keep saying, God has blessed me, Jesus has saved me. Man, you can't go wrong. This is not what I deserve. This is what I've received. And and you can have it too. It's love. That's the call. To finish well. Alright, we've come a time where we want to share by remembering this Jesus through the Lord's Supper. And so I want to ask the deacons to come down as we prepare our hearts to partake of the Lord's Supper. We need to remember Calvary. We need to remember perfect love. And this gives us an opportunity to remember what hope is all about. It's why we're here. We're not here to just because we're a social club in the community. We're here because we believe we have everlasting life from God above that came through Jesus Christ and what He did on an old rugged cross when He died. So we want to take time now to remember Him. His love is so amazing, we can't even describe it. But praise God, we can receive it. And as we prepare to partake of the bread, we remember how He gave His very life. Ask George if he'll lead us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for mm-hmm. your life, your death on the cross for our sins. Thank you for loving us so much that you gave that for each one here. Yes. Lord, uh, help us to remember that 
Heaven is a free gift, but paid with a great price of your son's death on the cross for our sins. Hmm. Thank you for loving us so much. In his name I pray. Amen.
Jesus said, this is my body. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. We also remember his blood freely given for us. It says, you are not redeemed with the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And we want to remember that as we partake. can if he'll lead us in prayer. Father, once again we come humbly before you. Lord, we just praise you for this wonderful day that you've brought us here and your spirit has been among us. Now, Lord, as we celebrate and remember what you've done for us on the cross.
We should have had a class before uh, we did this, I guess. Just think about Jesus. Think about his sacrifice. Sometimes we kind of go through the motions and forget the master. So just a moment. Think about the cross. Just a moment. Think about what it cost him. And then remember, he did it because of you. He loves you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Let's stand, um, join hands for a closing. I do want to say to you, um, finishing well is all about Jesus. It is about remembering Jesus. And if you have questions about Jesus, if he seems more like a distant God or character in history than he does somebody who you know personally, I would love to talk to you. And there are others here too, uh, you know, these men here and others that would love to have an opportunity just to share with you about who Jesus is and how he can come and enter your life. And you can have life forever and power to live now, all because of Jesus. So I say that as we close. Uh, not too busy. Uh, let me know if we can talk to you. That wonderful news of Jesus. He died for you. Just ask Him into your heart. Seek His forgiveness. And it's yours. Let's join hands for now as our closing. And uh, lay this on Cindy. Let's do Jesus Loves Me. Is she back there? Yeah, can you do Jesus Loves Me, honey? Yeah. Let's close with that.